0: welcome ladies and divorce professionals you are listening to the divorce for wealthy women podcast where we dive into complex and sometimes taboo topics relating to divorce and women specifically we often discuss how affluent women can maintain their lifestyles during and post-divorce Join me as we talk to the most sought-after divorce professionals across the globe and share powerful tips that you can take along with you no matter where you are in your journey. Hi, Jennifer. It's so good that you're coming on today. How are you doing? I'm pretty
1: good. I can't complain. I'm doing hot tub boats this afternoon, so it's a are good doing day. Are
0: on South Lake Union?
1: Yeah. Have you done it?
0: Oh, I have. I'm the weird one though, that like jumps out of the hot tub and swims around since you're around here in Seattle if you can do that.
1: Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I won't tell my friends. <laughs> <own it>.
0: yeah. <laughs> Probably not something everyone else should be doing unless they're used to the cold water. So yeah. let's just rephrase that. Don't do it unless you're used to cold water. So
1: I'm with yeah, I'm with you. Cold water's
0: good for you. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, okay. So let's tell the audience today who you are. Tell us a little more about what's going on in your life and why we're talking today.
1: Sure, I'd love to. I'm Jen Sipel. I'm a financial advisor. My firm is UTOR Wealth. UTOR is Latin for to use, to employ, and to enjoy. And I think that's what money's for, is to use, to put to work, and to enjoy. I work almost exclusively with women, and I love helping women increase their financial confidence. So that's why we're talking today.
0: Okay, we can go a lot of different paths on this, the financial confidence. How do you create that for someone who has never dealt with the finances in their relationship, and all of a sudden is getting divorced? Where do you start? Yeah, I think the thing about money, like a lot
1: of things in our society, is that we just don't talk about it, frankly. There's this like common narrative that we're supposed to be born with financial skills. And then there's this shame that if we don't have financial skills, then we should be ashamed of that. And I think all of it's bull crap. I don't know if your podcast is explicit. (laughs) (laughs) I would have a different word there. So I always start with reminding people that even the idea of being good with money is really just having a set of skills. And skills like all skills are learned and they're best learned by doing them. So, you know, I like to use the analogy of learning how to drive a car. Like we're not born with the knowledge of learning how to drive a car. Most of us attended some kind of class. You have to read some kind of manual and then you have to spend lots of hours behind a wheel of a car before you even like start to get comfortable driving that car. And so same goes with money. I also have toddlers. So like there was a point in time where None of us knew how to use a spoon and we all know how to use a spoon today. So I think that's the place to start from. If you're newly embarking on your journey with money, don't beat yourself up for not having the skills. Just this is the time you've learned countless skills. I love for them to tell me about what skills they've learned in the past. Is it a sport? Is it tennis? Is it driving the car? So we'll talk through some of those things and we'll say, just like you learned those things, you can learn financial skills. I further break it down to those skill sets are earning or creating wealth, saving for a rainy day, investing, gifting, and spending. And then we can just work on one skill at a time. So I'll pause there.
0: Oh, I love that. It's simplified version and makes it easy to understand tasks as well as the analogy. I like that. I would throw in for me, I learned to sail maybe a year or two ago. And I was not ashamed at all, that I had no clue what I was doing when I was learning. I had to take courses, trainings, and now I can perform in sale. And it's just, I'm in races and having fun, and I still need to keep up with learning it. But there's no shame for not having a skill we weren't taught. So just wow. like the card, just like the spoon, I really appreciate you saying that. And you can't say that enough, that our confidence with money isn't just there. We're not just born with that. Yeah. So. And us being able to talk about it clearly, concisely, and without any strong emotions towards feeling like we can't talk about it. I mean, this is great. So I'm glad that's how you run your practice.
1: I love the sailing analogy. And you just reminded me that with sailing, you probably didn't do it alone either.
0: Exactly. Oh my gosh, we could really make this work. Yeah, this is a great example. (laughs) Exactly. You have to have mentors and trainers and you have to hire people like coaches and I mean, you have to have the right people helping you. You don't want to go into the danger zone. So those people really are the ones who protect you. And then there's some trial and error, right? You just have to learn and it's okay. Yes. Yes.
1: And so with sailing, if you had interviewed different instructors or
0: mentors and you like just didn't vibe with them, you don't hire them. Exactly. And that's Okay gosh, this is a great example. Just like in finance, it's mostly men who are in that mentor, coaching, advising stage. You want to interview women too, if you feel more comfortable with women. And it's hard to find, just like in sailing, but you can find it.
1: 15% yeah. of financial advisors are women.
0: Is it up to that amount now? Wow. Yeah,
1: it depends on like the channel, right? So if you're yeah. like the wire house versus independent versus independent's actually a much higher percentage of women.
0: Can you tell us what independent is? Because I wouldn't know what that is unless we're in finance, and yes. you and I are. So, Good tell us, mentor <laughs> slash advisor, what are you talking about here? So, <laughs> yeah, so the
1: world of finance and financial advisors in general was born more out of like sales careers. So, if we like take the clock back to the '60s or '70s, financial advisors didn't really exist in the same way they exist today. What you had instead were you had a banker, and you had a stockbroker and you had an insurance agent. And so all of those types of people were selling a product. And so that's part of the reason why the population of financial advisors is so heavily indexed towards men. The industry kind of grew out of that. So a lot of financial advisors today find themselves at banks. So you could find a financial advisor at a bank. You could find a financial advisor at a wire house or a brokerage house, things like, you know, Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch. And then what's becoming more popular these days is for advisors to not be affiliated with any of those big institutions that are manufacturing products. So at a bank, they're manufacturing bank products. At a wirehouse, they are manufacturing portfolios or they are taking companies public. Insurance companies are manufacturing insurance products. So sometime in the 90s and the 2000s, like the walls came down and everybody kind of started offering every product. But where we find ourselves today is that most advisors are trying to kind of further themselves and consumers, we all are demanding it, right? We don't want somebody just talking about products with us. We want strategies, we want independent advice, and we want step removed from the financial manufacturer. So they're going independent. That was a long explanation. Does that make sense? Am I making sense, Olivia?
0: I loved that answer so much, because that's Also, one of the reasons why I got into finance is to do it different from how they used to do it decades ago. No need to sell a product. Let's just help you with your goals and your values in finance and actually help create wealth and build that wealth and sustain that wealth and nothing to do with selling a product. So I prefer the independent route. A lot of my clients already have family offices and they're hiring the right wealth managers. That have been vetted very carefully, but there's definitely still a whole entire world that does it in a different way, like they did decades ago. So I think we could talk all day long about then different designations that you should be looking for, and financial advisors and planners, but I think that was great. So, very good definition. Thank you for yeah. that.
1: <laughs> and one of the reasons I started UTOR, you know, my firm, it's similar to you. I came from a big, for me, I grew up in the insurance world. So I came from a big, you know, Fortune 50 company. And at UTOR, one of the drivers for financial confidence is we say, the financial services industry tends to be product driven. Financial confidence is systems driven. And so that's another thing that I would share with your audience that analyzing products or portfolios or investments, it's less about being good at picking. It's more about setting up a good system for picking.
0: Yep. And if anyone listening today has anxiety, just thinking about what we're talking about, that's okay. Totally normal. That's why these conversations are are being in front of you right now to at least get you used to hearing it and reaching out to the right people just to have conversations will lessen that anxiety. That's Completely normal if this does not sound like your world. Because again, I'm learn how to real- sail Yep, exactly. Learn how to fail. Yeah.
1: And I, <laughs> I mean, would work. love if anybody is feeling that anxiety, it's okay to be anxious and it's okay to be uncomfortable. I would offer just to remind you that usually not good financial decisions are made from a place of fear. So if you check in with yourself and if you're at a place of fear, then that's not the time to move forward with something. That's the time to take a break. That's the time to go for a walk or call a friend or do something so that we can get out of a pure fear or survival mode. But discomfort, that's something to embrace. Discomfort is showing up to the sailing lesson. You might feel new, you might feel awkward, you might feel uncomfortable, but you're ready to learn something new. That's a space where so much progress can happen. And so lean into discomfort and differentiate fear from discomfort and give yourself a break. Go as fast or as slow as you need to.
0: I like that lean into discomfort because even in the beginning of sailing, it's embarrassing to not know which way you're supposed to be fluttering the sails, whatever terminology you want to use. And that's leaning into that discomfort is okay, even if there is that feeling. And knowing when there's fear, because again, going back to divorce, there's always fear. And that's where you need to also again, pick the right team, just like in sailing, pick Mm -hmm. the right people to help you through it. And so I'm glad we're talking about this and how it relates to money confidence. I wonder, I know you work with very high earning women, and they even you're helping them with the confidence and money. So why I bring that up is tell us a little bit about that. And it's really nice to hear that just because you're working with a certain crowd doesn't mean that they all of a sudden know about money and maybe the clients I work with who haven't been in the high earning position, they're in the same group. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah.
1: Regardless of income and regardless of level of wealth, all across the board, from low income to ultra high net worth, it doesn't matter how much you make and it doesn't matter how much you have. There are huge percentages of those populations, particularly women, who are insecure or not confident about money. And a lot of it is that there aren't systems in our society that, again, talk about money in a way that's just frank and conversational and open. There's just so much shame around the conversation of money in our society. But a lot of it is also just our gendered socialization. So Starling Bank in in the UK did a study on magazine messages and messages around money and the differentiation between messages geared to women and messages geared to men. And what they found in their study is that we're bombarded with messages that tell us we're bad at money. We're bombarded Mm -hmm. with messages that infantilizing, they treat us like children, right? Like we're not to Mm -hmm. be trusted with money Mm -hmm. and that the only thing we could talk about is shopping and like not overspending on purses or whatnot. But even those same messages around spending to men are positioned differently. Those messages to men are positioned like investments. So you know, like buy this watch. It's an investment in yourself. And so there are many, many, many reasons that we're sitting here today and having this conversation. None of them are your fault. And like I said before, it's okay. Wherever you're starting from is the perfect place to start.
0: That's great. And I think that's where we should end this today is you can be wherever you're at and feel however you feel. And if you're in discomfort, lean into it and have the right team around you to help you with your confidence and money. There we go. Anything else you want to leave us off with? Two things, super quick. One, sure.
1: on establishing the right team, I love reframing things. So like the sailing on the team thing, think about financial advisors as your money nannies. And you would never not fully vet a nanny, right? And you would never not confront oh, so a good. nanny, right? You would never so not confront a nanny for like doing something with your children or in your house that made you uncomfortable, same goes for your advisors. They work for you and they're stewards of your money, but you are the driver. So if you're uncomfortable, by all means, same, you would never like have a surgery or procedure done if you didn't understand what the surgeon was performing. So it could be super complex, but if they can't explain it in a way that makes you feel comfortable that you understand, then pass. Love it. And my last thing is, please, ladies, women, please. The world needs you to show up. Even if you don't have the confidence in yourself right now, lean into the discomfort, you're going to make better decisions. This whole world, this whole construct, the financial services industry, almost exclusively built by men. And it's long overdue for women to have more say in it. So whatever you do with your money, it's going to be just as good, if not better, than what anybody else would do. So trust yourself.
0: I always say trust your gut to my clients. So that was a great way to leave off this segment. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming on today. And we'll talk soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Olivia.
0: Thank you for joining another episode with me, your host, Olivia Summerhill. Until the next episode, visit www.summerhillfirm.com for a discreet way to find helpful resources that can help bring you clarity to your divorce journey.